0: Lorenzi, Florencie con il
1: cross tagliato di testa che impaga! Ah! Il magnifico! Il
0: magnifico! Il magnifico rettore! Live! Boom! Shake, shake, serum!
2: The entertainment capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! What? To describe it. It's the TC
0: Martin show. Les Géorgieux mais cette fois-ci il y en a pas pour
2: Très It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor.
0: TC Martin.
2: Is now in.
3: Definitely one of my favorite times of year. Euro Cup going on right now. Loving it. Getting to the end of group stage and then we get to the real betting. You know, we have to do these three way lines anymore. It's like, okay, who will advance? Then we get into the OTs. We get into the extra time. Then we get into the penalty kicks. Very, very exciting. Now how about that? Germany with a 4-2 victory on Saturday. They got behind 1-0. And the, all the German fans are going crazy. They're going, oh my God, we got to get rid of Yogi Love. He's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. And all of a sudden they score. They score again. You know there were three goals in that first half, Portugal and Germany. And they were three Goals scored by Portugal. But Germany led 2-1. to one. How's that? Own goals. That's right. <laughs> and Germany lost on the own goal to France.
4: Well, what a different look oh, on your strange. face when Germany is the beneficiary of own goals See, as opposed to the other way. I knew you were going to say that. Well the, the, the room is... You can turn off the lights and it'll still be shiny in here from the beam on your face. But boy, after game one... Woo!
3: That was a little bit different look. Now, if you watch the game against France, the own goal was a gaff. You talk about the flurry gaff in game number three? This was the gaff. When Germany was playing Portugal on Saturday, a ball went into the box. Hit a German player that both players were right there, so it went bing bing and went off the guy. Ricochet Rabbit. R- ricochet Rabbit. There you go. <laughs> Wasn't that a cartoon? Or what? Yes. But uh, so, Deputy Drupal. Okay, so that was Germany's first goal, okay, to tie it up at one. And they initially gave the goal to the German striker, but then they had to go back and review, oh well technically it did go off the Portugal players. So then the second goal didn't go Ricochet Rabbit as you say, but they were both there. And they're both going for the ball. and Went off the Portugal guy's uh, leg and into the net. So,
4: by the way, I only said Ricochet because you said Bing Bing, because Ricochet's <laughs> Rabbits, his his trademark was Bing 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 Ricochet Rabbit. So, yeah. you know, Otherwise, I would say like a pinball machine or something. But yeah,
3: I know most of these old school, you know, cartoon television references, with Frank. But he's even got me on that one. So
4: Ricochet Rabbit and Deputy Droupe along with they were the solid deal. Yeah. They took on El Loco 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 Loco, Loco Diablo once. Whew. I, I didn't even know that rabbits were sheriffs in the old West, but apparently they were. <laughs> well, Barney Fife was, was a. Well, he wasn't a sheriff.
3: He was a deputy.
4: No. <laughs> he would have been the <laughs> deputy droop along, too. Andy would have been the ricochet rabbit in that. <laughs>
3: there you go.
4: As we digress about as far as we can go and this and, is into we're... the so called rabbit hole.
3: There you go. And then we bring in our good friend Matthew Holt to get us out of that rabbit hole. Matt, uh, you don't get this on every show, do you, Matt? No, this is, uh, you guys are the special show. Oh, I almost said something completely politically incorrect these days, so I'm just going to let it go. (laughs) And this hour is a tribute to our good friend, Ballpark Frank. Thoughts, memories, reflections, and clips, like you just heard from past shows. We've got all that for you this hour, and we appreciate everyone chiming in with us. This hour you're going to hear from former colleagues, guests, and friends of Ballpark Frank because he was beloved by everybody. So you're going to hear thoughts and reflections real quickly from a myriad of people. We're going to try to get to as many of Frank's friends as we possibly can, and our regular guests as well too, and continue to play some great sound bites. I want to start this hour with a guy that we both used to work with, and that's Ryan, the hockey guy, Wallace. Ryan Frank, as you know, started the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show and also the host of the Vegas Golden Knights pregame, postgame, and intermission reports. And Ryan, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today.
5: First of all, thanks for for having me on here, TC. I appreciate that. Uh, it's been a, a tough couple of days, kind of processing all the all the news on Frank. But you know, it, it's it's pretty pretty simple from my perspective. Uh, without Frank Harnish there'd be no Ryan the hockey guy there wouldn't be uh, me on the radio talking about this crazy ridiculous sport that is hockey it it all started with me and Frank literally yelling at each other in the hallway about uh, his Chicago Blackhawks and my LA Kings and, and that's kind of where the the genesis the idea um, in Frank's mind kind of grew of of let's start a podcast let's focus in on on creating a product, and and we did that with Rink Rats. We we were fortunate enough to do that on the BGK Insider Show, and and some of the best times, best memories I've had on the radio happened on the pregame intermission and postgame show uh, as he did his thing and and allowed me the the space to learn and grow on the job.
3: Hmm. Well said, Ryan, and again, remember the days uh, very, very well, and again, it, it went from just the passion of the idea of, of of having a hockey show talking about hockey until here come the golden Knights and everything else. And then, like you said, the dominoes just, just fell, but there was, there was a natural chemistry there. And like you said, it just, it just started off as, is, is, you know, through friendship and just through banter and through just, you know, having that, that commonality of, of the love of hockey, right?
5: Yeah. 100%. I mean, you know, you Frank's the kind of guy, he was the kind of guy that could get along with anybody. He, he, really made it easy and you know he saw something in me that i didn't see in myself and and he um i'm fortunate that he he saw it i'm fortunate that he helped me hone in on it and helped it grow and um yeah i mean there wasn't anyone in the building that that i would that i just had that kind of chemistry with and and that immediate uh, desire to, to sit and talk and debate and go back and forth. And, and I knew at the end, whether we agreed or disagreed, whatever it was, um, Frank would always have a one-liner right at the end, right? Like he would always <laughs> kind of have that joke in his back pocket ready to unleash it. And, and he'd get you when you weren't expecting it. And it would just kind of, uh, rem- it, would, it would allow you to kind of settle in and just recognize that you're you're in a space with a guy that just, really gets it and knows how to get the best out of people. And, and you know, Frank was, was certainly that for me.
3: You got it. All right, Ryan. Uh, we appreciate you, my friend. Uh, you continue to do a fantastic job on the Golden Knights uh, broadcasts uh, and the Daily Show. Uh, we're, we're always listening. I'm always listening my man. And, um, again, continue up the great work. And I know you miss Frank uh, just like we all do. And he has a special place in your heart. And I appreciate you sharing some moments with us today. Yeah, I
5: appreciate the opportunity, TC. Thank you.
3: There he is. Ryan, the hockey guy, Wallace. Also a great follow on Twitter. And, of course, you can hear him you know, down the dial. Uh, again, pregame, postgame, internet mission report, and the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Um, sticking with that theme and actually being the original tag team partner of Ballpark Frank uh, was Clayton Hamilton. And we talk about... You know a, a passion with these two guys and the chemistry that they had uh it was from day one. It was from the day one before the Golden Knights were even a a, a thought and then when it was a definite that Bill Foley says we're bringing this hockey team uh, to Vegas, and uh these two guys uh were there at the forefront uh from game number one in season one, and Clayton Hamilton joins us now. What is up, Clayton?
2: Hey, how's it going, TC? I wish we were in better circumstances. Understand, my uh, friend. Get together.
3: Understand, but I just wanted you to to uh, give some frank uh, some frank thoughts in in moments, and again, not just from you know your your time together in in broadcasting together, but just uh, you know you know outside of uh, the hockey rink and the studio as well, too.
2: The thing that I love about Frank is that he was not lazy. And and sometimes, you know, in this business, you run into, into people that have gotten comfortable. And that was never Frank. Like, he, he would still go home after a full day of shows and, and watch four, five, six hockey games a night. And, and that's something that I always loved about him is that, that he would work and work and work. And I don't think most people know that he had a full 40-hour-a-week job at the radio station that had nothing to do with being on the air and he would do that plus all of the on the air stuff and just you want to talk about a guy that just grabs a shovel and gets it done that's frank
3: mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, the location, you know, stuff uh, on on game nights where you guys are together, you know, the seven and eight hours uh, at a time. And uh, you saw how many uh, Coca-Colas this guy would uh, would uh, would would down. And you would be the guy that would bring the binder full of notes. And Frank would be bringing the two liter of bottles into restaurants. Yeah, I, I
2: had the binder full of notes and Frank had the brain full of notes. Yeah. And, and that was we were just kind of the odd couple uh that way. But and that's the funny thing too about Frank is as much as you knew about hockey, what I really loved about Frank is when Frank and I weren't doing the show, we didn't talk about hockey much. Because Frank was one of those few people and, and uh, hopefully I was with him too, we could talk about we could talk about tennis. Or we could talk about Australian rules football. Like there wasn't there wasn't a, a sport that was off the off the grit for him. So whether it's track and field or, you know, ski jumping, bobsled, it, it didn't matter. Uh, like Frank liked to take a break from sports with other sports and, and what a joy.
3: That's it. All right. Clayton Hamilton, the king of all Olympic sports. And that's it. Just that's not right. the marquee sports, but all sports, my friend. That's right. Nine weeks to the Winter Olympics. Get ready. <laughs> there you go. Brother, I appreciate you. I know you're always listening. Uh, stay in contact. And uh, God bless you, my friend. And thanks for sharing some thoughts with uh, Frank today.
2: Uh, thanks, and thanks for having me, T.C.
3: You got it. There he is. Clayton Hamilton. Again, the original broadcast crew of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show uh, and also the pre- and post-game show. Clayton Hamilton, Frank Harnish, Ryan the Hockey Guy Wallace and our next guest who is actually the producer my producer Frank's producer and again still covers the Golden Knights and a a fond fond friend of Frank and I know that he Frank has always had a deep spot in Chris Chapman's heart because it it goes before hockey it goes beyond that and uh i know there's there's nearly more than a decade's worth of a relationship there and magnum we appreciate you joining us my man
6: yeah yeah i wish it was uh under better circumstances of course but uh yeah i mean you you mentioned it all i mean i've known frank since 2004 so i mean what are we 17 years Mm -hmm. right um i mean almost all of my adult life I've, i've known him so uh yeah obviously a very uh emotional last couple of days for me for me and I know for a lot of other people
7: mm-hmm.
3: when you think about some of those ballparkisms, you know we had talked uh you know, Nick, uh, you know, had called in last hour, and he was talking about he remembers, you know, Frank just yelling at the computer, almost throwing the computer down the hallway, and uh, <laughs> you know, and we we remember those tantrums, and we remember those meetings, and we talked earlier about when you know Frank was, you know, basically by management said, "Hey, you got to shed the ballpark Frank name, you know, you're going to be doing hockey now. Your new name is VGK Frank," and I got vetoed with Icebox Frank, as, as you remember.
6: <laughs> I liked I liked uh, Frankie Puck face. I thought that was. <laughs> pretty good too but uh, yeah the nick nick bring up the computer stories i mean they're they're the stuff of legend i mean you if you shared a building with him and you 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 know my my office was literally right down the hall from his and after five o'clock he had to do the make good spots and unfortunately it was at the same time a lot of other people were, were running pretty uh heavy stuff on their computers so of course everything was slow and yeah, I, I learned a few new ones. And I grew up in New Jersey. And I heard ones I hadn't heard before. So, uh, yeah, the this, this stuff of legend with him having to make those those good spots.
3: Absolutely. My man, I appreciate you taking a few minutes and uh, joining us here today. It's uh, it's great seeing you around town, especially uh, at the Golden Knights games. And, again, uh, part, parting, parting words uh, for, for our good friend, Ballpark Frank.
6: Oh, man, I mean, he – Everything you hear about what a kind and gentle and just caring person he is. You know, I, I said it this morning, um, this guy, he, say, he, he was so charitable, he donated not pints of blood, he donated gallons of blood. And the, the, the lasting memory I'll have is how many lives he saved. By doing that that noble deed of just donating blood, and and it's pretty incredible when you think about it. TC,
3: yeah, absolutely. And we always talk about that. You know, the guy that would give uh, the shirt off of his own back, even though I wouldn't want his shirt because it was either a Blackhawks, <laughs> Bears, or but I am wearing I am wearing Ohio State Buckeye shirt in his memory today. So th- there you go, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Unfortunately
6: for Frank, not a, not a good weekend for Ohio State. But uh, but, but last Bears night, but
3: look about last night, they upset yeah, Duke. Yeah,
6: see? So there you go. I, I think they got the message. I, you know, and I they, think he had something they, to do with won, that. They beat Duke for him.
3: Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, brother Magnum. Thanks, brother. Great, great talking course, with you. Of
6: course, TC. We'll see yeah, you later. have a great night, man.
3: Thank you. There he is. All right, uh, and rounding out the Lotus family, a guy that spent a lot of time with Frank, not just uh, you know from a hockey perspective, but again, just doing shows. Whether it was it was football or regular sports shows or doing remotes, uh, a longtime uh, friend, and of course, another broadcast icon here in Las Vegas is Clay Baker. And Clay, thanks for uh, joining us, my man. What's happening?
8: Oh, thank you for having me, T.C. It's an absolute honor to uh, to go and speak the praises of the great Frank Harness. Thanks for having me on.
3: You have the floor, my friend. G- tell me, what is, give us a one of the best things about working with Frank, because you know, you worked with them on location, in studio, yeah. in the building, outside of the building as well, too. And so I know you have a unique perspective of working with Frank.
9: Well, he also
8: had like the living history of Lotus Broadcasting because you know he was also deep into the sports world, but he was also the overnight host yes. on ninety two three The Rock Station as yes. Frank Frederick from yep. the uh, Midnight Asylum, Overnight Asylum. <laughs> right. and, and we used to have so much fun just uh, reliving like uh, you know all the crazy stuff that used to happen. At that building over the years, you know, and that's when like, you know, in the, in the 90s, 80s and 90s, that was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and that was what you could get in the break room. Mm. And he had such a great time with rock and roll and in sports. But, you know, working with a guy like that is this real extreme professional. And he never missed a day. Never. Mm. In fact, when he got into a car accident just a block away from the station, he refused to get in the ambulance. He was like, (laughs) I remember him like in awe. I'm like, my guy, Frank, get in the hospital. He's like, just put the neck brace on me and I'm going to the show. (laughs) He had to get to the Parkway Tavern to do his show. (laughs) Who has a broken neck? and is going to do the show, Frank would. And that was the kind of guy he was. Uh, He was just a tireless performer. And uh, working with a guy like that had a great sense of humor. We were always telling each other jokes, and he was a lot of fun to be with.
3: Yeah, and like you said, Clay, uh, you know, that accident was so treacherous and, you know, we, we knew that like wow this is some serious stuff and, and and it was but this is a guy I didn't even get a chance to go visit him in the hospital because he was out of the hospital in a day and a half he goes no I'm out of here you know and, and that's the thing about Frank because I mean he was rough he was rugged and but he was a, a teddy bear but the bottom line no one was going to tell him you know what to do I mean he threatened to walk out on this show numerous times if 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 we played any uh, soundbite he didn't want to hear I <laughs> know
9: uh,
8: he had uh, zero sense of humor if you're going to make fun of the Bears uh Titka, or Ohio State well, as you said and I so that, that's how we did
3: I could not say a former Green Bay Packer quarterback who'd been uh, taking snaps over the last 20 plus years if you know what I mean <laughs> either one of those guys
8: <laughs> like. oh that is so good you know what and uh he definitely had that about him like he had such a funny sense of humor about things and one of them was we used to go to concerts together one of them was Roger Waters at T-Mobile 2017, Timo had not even really opened yet. It was like, you know, middle of summer. And uh, Chris Chapman, Bobby, Frank, and I all decided to go together. And I made Frank drive because I was, you know, if you're going to see Roger Waters, you're going to party. And he didn't drink. Right. See, he wasn't back he, he didn't drink or party. In fact, Frank was a guy that gave blood every other month his entire life. He, he just felt it was his duty to do so. <laughs> and, uh, it was just a guy. So uh, I, of course, uh, got us lost. I don't know how I got us lost, but I was trying to say look, if you find Harmon now attaches to the strip, turn right, and we got into all sorts of traffic. Middle of summer, in order to get me back, and he was hating me for it, <laughs> he rolled down all the windows and turned up the, <laughs> turned up the heat. <laughs> so we could all suffer because clay made the wrong turn and clay made us wait and uh that was what it was like working with Frank. it was so much fun <laughs> yeah darn
3: clay i clay the producer there it is my man great memories great stuff uh thanks for uh bringing some levity and some humor uh, to the okay. tribute today and uh i know just like all of us uh, you miss him dearly uh keep up the good work man raider nation radio clay baker you the man i appreciate you
8: uh, thank you, TC, and you never looked better in Ohio State gear. Thank
3: you, thank you. There it is. Taking one for the team today. There you go. All right, Clay Baker, uh, the great crew over at uh, Lotus Broadcasting that I, you know, had the privilege of working with for. Nearly five years as well, too. Uh, fantastic uh, stuff. Uh, Armando Vasquez, loyal listener lo- and one of Frank's closest friends, and another former employee, you know, back in the day with Frank uh, at Lotus. But but Armando has always been there for Frank. Uh, whether it's you know gatherings and events, uh, remotes, or just hey, let's go out and watch the fights. Uh, my man, I appreciate you spend some time with us today. Give us some Frank thoughts. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Hey, how you doing, TC? Uh, yeah. Man, I'm, I have tears rolling down my eyes listening to my the homie Clay and Chris talking about the you know the past. There, I'm like, wow, Cause, you know all those things I was a part of too.
3: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> then, brother. Absolutely. And then,
1: and then listening to Ryan, I, I was like, I, I remember when the Rink Racks podcast started, bro, and yeah. that's what got me into hockey, wanting to see. I mean, because be be that as let me tell you real quick. I was not a hockey fan before the Golden Knights came. And, you know, uh, man, me and Frank would have some crazy knockdown, you know, discussions. You know, you know how we you know how we talk to each other. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, and I invited him over one time. Let me tell you this real quick. To the house, we were going to watch a UFC fight. We got to the fight. He got there, right? Now, he's very close with my family, just to let you know. Yes. And uh, so, uh, so we get there. He gets there, guy, there early, and I'm like, "Okay, you're here early. Come on in, man. I'm still getting things together." And he didn't leave the front door area. And then I go, and he goes, "I need the Black Hawk game on." I'm like what? <laughs> I need the Blackhawks game on now. I'm like, what are you talking about? We're here to watch the the fights. I, I had to go get my daughter out of a room, go put the TV on the channel that he so he can watch the Blackhawks games while I'm watching the preliminary fights of the UFC. <laughs> It was just the funniest thing, but that's who he was. <laughs> so I spent the rest of the evening giving him so much. I almost said that word I shouldn't be saying. You know, <laughs> That's okay. We can edit that out. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, so, I mean, so I mean, it just uh, – anyways, but he, he – you know, he. I I always leaned on him and Ryan and asked him a lot of questions trying to figure out hockey. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me right now, it's, that's the one thing I'm going to miss the most about the guy is that – uh, you know, talking hockey. Right. You know, you know. Let's not forget. I hung out with them all the time. We went to fights together. You've been to, with you. Yeah. I mean, we went to fights with you.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, in fact, I think we got you in trouble
3: one time because you were down there sitting with us instead of where you supposed to be. <laughs> this is true. I, I got <laughs> reprimanded. I came down the media yeah. section. Why are you sitting out there with, with those other guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, gotta, I mean, I, we, gotta, I gotta sit with my peeps. That's why, my guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yes, yeah. uh, you know. And then we go to concerts together. We go, we hung out a local establishment here to watch fights, to watch just to get together. I mean, the football games. It didn't matter. I mean, going there now. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to go there just because I, it doesn't feel right to right. me. You know, I tell the other guys that we our little core group that we have that mm-hmm. goes there. Like, I don't, I don't want to go there. It, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And he told me you know, just a couple weeks ago, he's like, look go, you know, don't worry about me. You know, you can, I understand, go have fun. But I was there with my brother-in-law, another buddy of ours, and it just doesn't feel right. But, you know, I'll have to get over that eventually.
3: Armando, you know, <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you sharing some laughs uh, with us and thoughts, and I know how close uh, Frank has been to you and will continue to be in your heart uh, I love you man I appreciate you uh, always and, love you bro you know just uh, you know, keep on keeping on man you betcha
1: man and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll gotta get together one time a little toast for,
3: for Frank man. We're, we're doing that okay we'll do that next week book it my friend thanks Armando appreciate right. you good.
1: thank you brother I appreciate
3: it you got it there he is Armando loyal listener but bottom line one of Frank's closest friends we know how much Frank loved food right and the debates that we would have and just the great discussions we would have. Here's a classic one.
4: Ballpark, what's going on, my man? Yeah, you know, just uh, wolfing down some Freddy's here before the show. Thanks to them, us for some great grub once again. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the tennis um, isn't starting until 2 a.m. now, so you know it's kind of a late <laughs> start time. So
3: try to coordinate late, all not that. Not late as well. for you. What are you talking about? It's prime time for you. Well, it, it can't be. Middle, you're in the middle of insomnia at that time. I'm
4: jacked up on I, I do try
3: to get some sleep. but just
4: usually doesn't work out very well.
3: I think Numchuck is becoming a big fan of the Chicago dog.
4: Now, would you argue that it's not really Chicago dog since he has a couple of things off? Do you have to have everything on it? Because I know you don't think I eat Chicago dog because I eat everything just completely plain.
3: Right. It's a very good question, good point, and I have to say it's not a Chicago dog because the Chicago dog has all the bells and whistles from the tomatoes to the sport peppers to the, the onions, uh, the mustard. I mean, that is your traditional Chicago dog with a little bit of the celery there. As you know, I am a mustard and grilled onions guy, so I'll just say... Give me the hot dog combo with grilled onions and mustard. So I think that's probably not a Chicago dog, but then again, it, it kind of tweaks his own. For me, it all started at Wrigley Field with the Vienna all beef hot dogs at Wrigley Field. And when you walk into Wrigley Field, if you go right to the right of the concession stand there, they're grilling them up. The onions are on there, and it's just like, oh, that, you can that's smell it. them, yeah. Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah, you, you can smell them outside of the ballpark, but exactly. once you get in the doors, oh, then oh. it's like it just. I almost said overwhelming, but it's overwhelming in a good way.
3: You know, think about this, too, now that I, I'm jogging my memory here. Of all the ballparks I've been to, and you could probably attest to this as well, too, Wrigley Field is probably the only one where you go in the main gate, the main entrance, and immediately to your right, you have a concession stand. Most parks, you've got to go upstairs or escalators or that sort of thing. You have to
4: kind of find them.
3: you got to find them. Yeah, you got to walk away. But right when you come through the main gate there, and Clark and Addison, boom! It's right there to the right. And then if you go a little bit down the first baseline, then you can get the actual cart that they have, the Vienna hot dogs as well, too. But again, the Vienna dog, the Chicago dog, traditional gold medalist uh, as far as hot dogs, uh, plain and simple. That's where it all started for me. That's why I'm I'm a big hot dog guy and a Vienna dog guy. Well, as you know,
4: I'm not a Cubs or a White Sox fan, but mm-hmm. I did go to tons of games right. there. But the original Comiskey Park, before they built whatever that ugly thing is that they yeah. have now and everything, but I used to like that because it was one of the only stadiums that I know of, and I haven't been to as many as you, but I've been to quite a few different mm-hmm. places around the country. It was one of the few ballparks where each concession stand had their own identity, kind of like you could get, like you get an mm-hmm. Italian beef at this one, you could get the Chicago Dogs at this one, you could get a pizza thing at this. Yes. I mean, they, if, as you walk. Around the park, and especially over in, in, in left field in the picnic area, where they had that chain link fence, and mm-hmm. you could literally look right out on the field, and that—that that was a different area of its own. So it was one of the few places I knew where it wasn't like you just go to a concession stand and okay, here's the concession stand. They literally had different things, and they were making it all up fresh, like you said, how the ambiance and and the smell of the food in that at Wrigley mm-hmm. Field when you first walk in, but at Comiskey it would change from different area to different area, and it was all like just. It was almost like a a food court or something of a ballpark. Mm-hmm. It's not like that at the new park, but the the original Comiskey Park, it was like that was one of the things about it because you, you also had access. You could walk around the entire ballpark.
3: See, San Francisco has great food there where the Giants play, but I never could get used to the clam chowder at a ball game, And people would rave about it, especially they had it at Candlestick Park where it would always be freezing. Now, this park is... Is much better. It's better located, so it's not really, really cold. Are you good with sushi at the ballpark? No, I'm not good with sushi. Cause they, they have that in Seattle. I know, right? They have it there, and they have it in San Francisco as well. Say, too. I figure yeah. they probably have yeah. it in Seattle. But in, you know, in San Francisco. I've kind of, you know, the traditionalist that I am, just like you. I've kind of softened my stance on that because, like, okay, there's no place for that at ballparks. Okay, people like it and take advantage of it. That's okay. It's a twist because I would always be that guy. I'm having a hot dog. And that's it. Maybe nachos, that sort of thing. But I ventured off. Again, I love Philly cheesesteaks, so now I will go off with that. An occasional burger. The clam chowder I've never done. The garlic fries, of course, in San Francisco is famous for that sort of thing. See, it,
4: it, it doesn't bother me if they have anything like that at the ballpark, as long as that's not all that they have. As long right. as they still have the traditional, normal, yeah. simple stuff for Neanderthals like me, yeah. I'm fine with it, you know? Right. You know, get, get, give, me a, give me a pretzel. Give me a dog or a burger or something like that. I'm good. Well, you you know? know
3: what else I've really gotten into, too, over the years at ballparks is the, the barbecue. You go back to Boog Powell's place over there at, at Orioles Park. And that was one of the first. And Orlando Cepeda had a place, they put his name on it, exactly, in in San Francisco. <laughs> so when I went to Dodger Stadium, I noticed a, a few years back out in the pavilion in the left field there, they had this great barbecue, they had the King's Hawaiian buns, a little Hawaiian taste of that nature too. And again, you know, venturing off a little bit, no, this is pretty good. Because people think Dodger Stadium, oh, it's all about the Dodger dog. But again, everyone is now... You come full circle and and doing all this. And it's it's smart business. It really is. Because there are people that go to the park just to check out the ambience and go for food. They do that.
4: And and what the price is to pay for food at most major league ballparks, anyhow. <laughs> I mean, you should have a choice. And it should be pretty yeah. good. I, and, and I know a lot of these ballparks now. And I haven't seen a lot of them. And I've certainly ordered, ordered them. Because you know how plain I am. You know, just yeah. a, a burger plain, a hot dog plain, this, that, and the other. But, you know, I, I know a lot of these places are like now they're famous for like, oh, we have this gigantic... Contraption of, you know, three patties and a this and a that. I mean, they're combining all these things and they have these monstrous things like, oh, it's like $36 for this thing, uh, but if you eat it all, oh, you're going to, uh, well, first off, you're probably going to miss a lot of the game in the restroom. But Oh,
3: yeah, uh... yeah. I've got, I've got a few stories about that. So this buddy of mine, again, kid in a candy store, right? So it's like a 90-degree day in Milwaukee. Okay, a little humid and everything. I was going to say, there's, so, there's humidity in there there, as well. there there you go, right? Okay, our seats are behind the visitor's dugout. And about 10 rows back, sun is just baking on us on a Sunday afternoon. So me and my one buddy, we go ahead and get the tri-tip. Here comes my other guy, the kid in the candy store guy. What's he coming with? A brewer's helmet with nachos in it with sour cream and all this other nonsense, like you're talking about in there, I don't need to tell you what happened by the third inning. Yeah. And 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 you're, he not, was talking done. Like,
4: and you're not talking like a little mini helmet where they put a Sunday in or something no, like that. No, no.
3: The I real helmet. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. big helmets. Yeah. So they, and the pla- They're not real helmets, but the size. Well, no, no, But exactly. I'm saying the
4: size-wise, yeah. And, yeah. It's like, and you look at something like that, and you're like, is, is that for all six of us or something or whatever? And it's like, but again. And people take it as a challenge. So yes. I ordered it. And yes. I paid for it.
3: Now I'm going to eat yes. it. It's like. No. Yeah. So we had to tell this clown, uh, do you realize that sour cream, when the sun hits, on top of Nacho, not really a good thing. It becomes really sour cream. (laughs) Exactly. There he is, ballpark Frank. And speaking of Chicago, our good friend, who's known Frank for a long, long time, spent time with him on the radio and, of course, as a guest on our show and, and seeing him at the fights and everywhere else around town, the one and only Chicagoan. Al Bernstein, Al, thanks for taking the time and joining us today, my friend. Well, I yeah, I, you know, this is uh
0: for anyone uh, that that knew Frank and was involved with him and I knew him for many, many years. Um good dating all the way back to when Lotus Broadcasting was in a different building, <laughs> you know, and uh back when I was working with Frank uh, there and um it was, you know, I, I just knew him for so long. And I can tell you, I've been in broadcasting for 40 years, right? I don't think I have ever met a nicer guy than Frank Harnish. I mean, that's just a basic fact. Um, and I don't think y- you would get anybody in Las Vegas or anybody that's uh, been around him to say different.
3: You're 100% right, Al. And a, and a guy that uh, will do anything for anyone. And, you know, what I've always said, too, that he is a guy that is will, not only will do anything for anybody. And we talked about him giving blood and donating, you know, uh, you know his time and everything else of that nature, but just a guy that would never say I- no. I mean, I just know from my perspective, if you needed him to do something, he would do it, and then he would be all in with doing it all the time. And you've been around here long enough where you know that he was more than just, uh, you know, sports. I mean, he had a music background. We worked on the music stations there at Lotus as well, too, and he did a variety of different shows, working with a variety of different hosts as well, too. And they're you know, and then when the hockey thing came around, I mean, Frank had never covered hockey before, but they said, hey, you know, you're probably the closest. Closest guy in this building because you're from the Midwest and you follow the Blackhawks. Uh, you want to be our hockey guy, and and he never covered hockey before, but he loved it. But he ran with it and he did an awesome job. That's the type of guy he was. Just not only as a person, but but as a worker as well too, and a broadcaster. Yeah, you know he is a true radio guy. You know Frank. His life
0: was about radio. And you make the interesting point that he did just about everything you can do in the radio sports industry. And the other thing that I think made Frank great, you know, he was every man. When you heard him on the radio, he was like your neighbor or the guy you visited with at the bar um that was one of his charms you know i i think that more than anything ingratiated him to the people that listened to him you you felt comfortable you felt like okay i'm talking this is this is the guy i want to hang out with and you would want to be going to have a drink with him
3: Abs- absolutely and you know you guys had this this love for not only sports, but you guys are both Chicago guys. And I know whether it was, you know, in the building or out in an event, or especially when we had you on the show together, we would always talk about Chicago because you guys had this, you know, this, this commonality of the windy city together. And I think that was a a special bond between you two guys yeah I think you know listen the the thing about Las Vegas is
0: not everyone now a lot of people are from Las Vegas, but so many of us came from other places we 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 love our second home in Las Vegas, but you always have a you know a special yearning and feeling to the place you're from and Frank and I did share that, and that was a that was a fun common bond and uh and it made for good radio conversation as well as good conversation. You know, off the radio. And um, I know that even looking at the reaction of of everybody in Las Vegas, um, I don't know the last time Mm -hmm. I saw the kind of reaction to somebody passing away that I've heard and seen in regards to Frank. You know, it, 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 it is a universal kind of a sadness over it but hopefully we can, and, and I love that you're doing this tribute and you're talking about him, It kind of a chance to celebrate his life as well.
3: You got it. Al, appreciate uh, the time as you always, my him. friend, and uh, we look forward to talking with you really, really soon. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for doing this. All right, Al Bernstein, uh, one of the legends, of course, the... Uh, the International Boxing Hall of Famer, Uh, it's always great having Alan. He's a regular, and uh, there was a special bond between him and Frank. And another special bond from Chicago as we transition with all of our ballpark food talk, our Wrigley Field, the old Comiskey Park, and then Al Bernstein is Chuck Esposito (laughs) over at Red Rock as well, too. And uh, I know Frank uh, had a real special place uh, in Chuck's heart as well. Chuck, what's going on, my friend?
9: Hey TC uh first it, you know it's always good to be on with you uh unfortunately not under these circumstances you know my my thoughts and prayers go out to uh Ballpark and, and his family um saw him here a few weeks ago uh, at Red Rocky Kind of filled me in on what he was going through and seemed to be doing a little bit better. He, he said the big concern was his hair, so he was wearing a hat, which <laughs> right. we, we kind of got a, a chuckle about. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, having the ties to, uh, to Chicago, it was always fun to, you know, no matter what we were talking about, what sport to start talking about Chicago sports and especially kind of the Blackhawks that uh, him and I have a, a huge love for. And we'd start going back and forth on, you know, on our, enti- on, our, uh, on our optimism every season, even though it looked a little bit bleak, but he'll be sorely missed. Was a was a great contributor um, to the industry, and I know to a to a friend of many.
3: And I don't think you guys ever disagreed about the Blackhawks. You know, I remember you know being part of the, a lot of those conversations as well, whether it's on the air, or off the air. I mean, when you start talking Blackhawks, the passion just oozed out of both you guys. I mean, you would you would ramp it up. You could go for hours.
9: We could. I think it was like that for all Chicago sports. You could hear it in, uh, in both of our voices that you're right. I think passion's a, a good word to have. And, you know, I know he had it for uh, for Chicago sports, for uh, being on the radio, for the industry that he loved, and for a lot of his friends. And, uh, again, it's it's not going to be the same not hearing that kind of that, that monotone voice uh, come across about, uh, you know, Chicago sports.
3: Yeah, And, again, Chuck, you know, there was the, uh, the, the parties over at, uh, you know, at your properties, and then there were the remote. Motes, uh you know that frank uh, was involved with as well too i mean there was just so many things whether it's giving blood and everything that he did there uh and i know how much he loved you know going uh, not only to your sports book but just you know being on on the property and visiting with you as well yeah
9: same you know i always loved talking to him in the book and uh, always came out to all the events if it was some of our draft parties or seminars or our sunday viewing parties i know that that you frequented as well, and a lot of other um, media personalities in the industry were always coming out. If it was Andy Isco or Ble- or Brian right. Blessing or or you guys, uh, we always had a lot of fun with that stuff. And uh, um, but I always knew who to go to uh, again to to kind of chat about Chicago sports. And we always, you know, looked at the glass half half full. You know, when a lot of other people were looking at it half empty, we always found a way to to make it out that our team was going to be okay, even though that wasn't always the case.
3: Chuck, I appreciate uh, you joining us uh, today. The thoughts and uh, the memories—great uh, stuff—and we look forward to seeing you over at Red Rock very, very soon, my friend.
9: All right, thanks, TC. Again, uh, extremely sorry to hear the about the passing of Ballpark, and he'll uh, sorely be missed. Um, thanks for letting me come on in and say a few words. I really appreciate it.
3: Appreciate you, my friend. Great stuff. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks. There he is, Chuck Esposito, over at Red Rock, many, many years over at Sunset Station, and Chuck's a, a staple here. Uh, in vegas as well speaking another staple uh not just here in in vegas but of course in the boxing community uh not only just a a great friend of our program but just a great friend in general and a guy that even goes uh, back further uh than myself uh he goes back further with ballpark frank and we're talking about the one and only uh jacob stitch duran stitch what is going on my friend
7: well, you know, you tell me, you know, I, I woke up this morning and I, I saw the ticker tape on the news. And, you know, I guess what better guy to confirm than with you, right? And uh, But it gave me chills, you know, once, once I started reading it and, uh, you know, had to touch base with you. Because as, as my wife said, you know, when we, when we did the last show together, uh, we walked out and uh, she said, God, this show sure are a great combination together, mm-hmm. right? And uh, But, you know, the thing I remember always about Park Frank is one of the things that really inspired me about him is that, uh, when the UFC let me go, he calmly asked if I'd be interested in, in talking about it. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, I think Ballpark knows more about me than I knew about myself. You know, So he would bring up some real positive things about me. And, uh, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I knew him before I knew you. And uh, I never turned him down for an interview because I knew that every interview that he did was going to be top of the line
3: and I remember because you and I had you know done interviews before and then I remember when Frank came to, to join me here going back a year and a half or so ago And I just remember the joy on his face when I said, Hey, Stitch is coming on today. He goes, Stitch, I love Stitch. And I really wasn't aware of the relationship that you guys had. And then you had told me, Oh my God, I go so far back with ballpark. And it was great when we got a chance, the three of us to get together. And a lot of times I had no problem of just sitting back and just watching you guys, you know, engage and interact and and share a lot of those memories. And for me, that was really cool. (laughs)
7: Yeah. You know, there's nothing like behind the scenes, right? And and, uh, Bob Park Frank was, you know, one of the ones that we had many stories with. But, you know, he was just so suave. You know, he had that personality that uh, you don't know if you could make him laugh or you don't know if he could make you laugh. uh, But one way or the other, we always got along great. And uh, even when I was doing interviews, you know, just to see him in person at events was always a big pleasure. Mm
3: Stitch, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate uh, your love for Frank, uh, your love for myself, and uh, always being there when we need you. You're one of the busiest guys on the planet, and uh, you're working just about every weekend at every major fight. Uh, it was great seeing you a couple weeks ago, um, you know, at it, uh, Sean's fight, uh, you know, with Crawford. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again and having you back on the air, my friend, under dirt, uh, uh, under different circumstances.
7: Uh, you know, anytime, TC. Now you're uh... – you're the new ballpark Frank, man. So we got to keep that uh, pledge going, huh?
3: <laughs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate your stitch.
7: All right, my man. One love.
3: You Bye. got it. One love all the way. Stitch Duran, one of the best. And again, it uh, doesn't matter. Sports celebrities, icons, Hall of Famers, listeners, uh, everyone has has a great love for our good friend, Ballpark Frank, and. Uh, and, again, I think that's the beauty part uh, of this show because everyone that we have on here, uh, no matter what their status is, it's uh, it, it's family. And uh, sharing these stories is, is fantastic and is very therapeutic, especially going through a very rough time in the past, you know, 48 hours like we've had. Uh, Stitch talked about laughing. Well, uh, we had a lot of laughs on this show with Frank, and I was so proud to call him my partner, and especially when we did our Terrible Tuesday segments. You never knew what was going to come out of Frank's mouth. You never knew which direction, when we had a story, uh, exactly where it was going to take us. This is one of those.
4: All right, well, you want, to, you want to talk about sad? You know, it's illegal to have fighting roosters. You know that, right? Fighting roosters? Are we talking cockfights? Cockfights, yes. I we love are. a good cockfight. Okay, well. A lot of people like a good cock. Whatever, I'm not touching that either, and I mean literally. You I'm went, not touching. You already that. went
3: to the G spot. I'm talking about. I'm talking about South Carolina. I'll, I'll, I'll touch one. I'm not touching the, the other. fighting Gamecocks. What are you talking yes, about? They are the Gamecocks. Yeah, you don't want to touch any cocks. I understand that. All right, fighting well, or
4: non? You know, fighting or flaccid? Cockfighting is also illegal in India. However, it still goes on just like it does in other places in the world. Well, at an illegal cockfight in India, 45-year-old Then Gula Satish was putting razor blades on his fighting cock to get ready for a match. Now, they frequently put razor blades on the talons and the feet of the roosters because... It causes blood, and it makes the fights go quicker in that, and the crowd usually likes a bloodier fight because it's more entertaining Wait, can for I,
3: them.
0: Can I ask you something? I
4: always
3: w- was under the impression that the cockfights automatically had razor blades. I mean, I believe that each cock always has a razor blade. That's part of it, right? Right, but but they have to put them on them.
4: Right. But but that's why they do it, to make more to blood. I thought you were saying blood. that some
3: of them, you know, there there are cockfights without razor blades. I, don't,
4: I have not been to every cockfight, so <laughs> I don't know. In fact,
3: I've been to zero
4: of them. <laughs> But from what I understand, in this particular situation, they were putting it on. Would you like to go to Tijuana this weekend? I would really rather not. Okay. <laughs> I don't need to see cockfights or the donkey show, any of the above. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. But um, okay. But anyhow, is they maybe jump over the wall? Was putting the three-inch razor blade yeah. on the tail end of his rooster or fighting cock. Something spooked the rooster. And it started jumping around, and it slashed
3: him. Oh, no, this is going bad.
4: In the groin area. Oh,
0: no, stop.
4: It not only slashed him in the groin, but it severed a feral artery. Paramedics were called. They rushed him to the hospital. Mr. Satish did not make it to the hospital. He died en route to the hospital. And now authorities in India are investigating this entire ring, and everybody that was there could be brought up on criminal charges. But the guy who uh, was trying to make a couple extra little, I don't know what they have over there, dinero, euros, whatever they have in India. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's uh, he is no longer with us. And he's cockless. And he, he got cut in the groin. I don't know if that's appropriate or if it's not. So <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if Stitch Duran could have helped in his corner. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I couldn't planned this any better. And he's coming with me. Stitch Duran. We just talked to him. He got a Stitch Duran reference. You never know what we're going to talk about here. Plain and simple. The laughs with Ballpark Frank. (sighs) The hockey, the sports, the food, it doesn't matter. Ballpark Frank, iconic. And Double B joins us now. Our good friend who joins us on Friday afternoons. Uh, Brian Benowitz, uh, thanks for taking some time and joining us, and give us some ballpark, Frank, thoughts.
10: Well, first of all, I'd like to uh, pass on my condolences to his family. Uh, Frank was just as genuine of a human being as I've ever met. Uh, I want to thank you, TC, for bringing him on the show and really introducing me. Uh, he taught me a lot about uh, uh, the world and, of course, about tennis. Tennis was unbelievable. I, I, I never... I kind of loosely followed the big events, but he would send me texts on on obscure matches. That hey, you got to watch this one tonight. It'll be on this channel. And what? And uh, uh, he was always uh, a very very uh, uh, like like a, a gentle bear, as uh, as uh, as Jay used to call him. As Jay Schrader called him bear. bear, exactly right. <laughs> he just simply called him bear because he was always in his bear wear, and uh, you know uh, he he was spot on he learned a lot about hockey over the last few years and we chatted a little bit about that and uh you know just 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 a genuine guy and, and somebody that anybody uh you know would be uh, a pleasure to be friends with and uh you know like i said very genuine uh really uh as as easygoing a guy and uh, uh i loved you know the friday afternoons all last year through the early part of this year with him and uh you know, I'm going to
3: miss him a lot. I appreciate that, Brian. Again, he uh, always had said to me that his time in the hospital, and, uh, before every Friday show, he would call or text and say, hey, please uh, give Double B my best and tell Double B hello. Or, you know, say, hey, you know, I hope he has a good time at the Golden Knights game. Because, uh, again, he, he cared for you, he loved you, and, and uh, he he appreciated you just like we always, or that we all do. And I'm glad you brought up the tennis, uh, because, again, he, he taught a lot of us about some of those uh, yeah. Uh, as we call secondary sports and in turn you, ter- you turn you turned him on to pickleball as well too so there you oh, go yes.
10: <laughs> i was looking forward to the the day his back was or his his, his neck was better so he could get up on the pickleball courts but he's always intrigued by it he always told me <laughs> in, so uh but just just a great guy and always very very quick-witted and uh you know like i said uh it was uh a real pleasure over the last uh year plus to really get to know frank and uh you know uh reading a lot of the tributes online uh he touched a lot of people not only in Las Vegas but throughout Chicago and uh uh, just a wonderful person, and uh, again, I will miss him and I will miss his smiling faces. I'm rushing onto the the, this, the show there, and he's just sitting there, very patient, ready to go. So uh, uh, he he was always good, and it's amazing that you and him got along so well, since you're a Packer guy and he's a Bear guy. You know, that's uh, that's a rare thing.
3: It, it was rare. It was it was uh, it was hard to do at times. Again, he we we can never uh, speak of uh, number four's name or number twelve's name. I mean, he he wouldn't say th- those yeah. guys' names, so it was tough. <laughs>
10: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They don't even mention it. it's a team from the north or the team from the south. There you
3: go. All right, Double B, we appreciate the time uh, and thank you for your thoughts today. Uh, I know how busy you are, and we look forward to seeing you on Friday. And uh, we got some football to talk about this weekend. We look forward to our home there at the Cosmopolitan each and every Friday.
10: And uh, TC, you wrote a wonderful thing on your website today. I'd, I'd encourage everybody to read it because it was just. Very heartfelt, and uh, I thought it was spot on. So uh, well done, TC, and all my best to Ballpark Frank.
3: Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate you m- right, mentioning that. Thank you. Uh, we always talk about music on this show with Frank. Uh, we used to have loving loving having those uh, discussions, um, and uh, here's a classic one where we got It'd into It would be music.
4: interesting for me to go through your album collection and see how many things we would have had in common.
3: I would probably say 10%. So you got to remember I was a rock guy, I was a pop guy, then of course I was a big R&B funk guy, and a lot of the stuff that I held on to were a lot of the not only my albums that that, that I bought when I was younger, but as a DJ, I belonged to a, a DJ club where you know, you would pay a monthly fee and they would send you the records for you to play at the nightclubs and all that yeah, sort of okay, thing. Yeah, okay, so yeah. So most like were promo colleges. copies and that sort exactly. of stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, like so, the
4: radio station, not for resale and that. It exactly, would be right on the thing. Yeah. Exactly,
3: And so I would get those a lot before they re- would release them. And so at that point in time, I'd say, okay, I think this is going to be a hit or I think I could play this in a club and that sort of thing. So you basically yeah.
4: did a record for yourself before it was on an American Correct. bandstand.
3: Correct, very nice. Very, very nicely done. <laughs> now, I can tell you that how many records that I have, threw away that I discarded that I thought okay this is garbage this is no good did you have right side Fred I'm too sexy did you throw that away <laughs> I, 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 I kept that I think uh, for a while you know what I'm saying that because song was garbage and yet it, but but it, it, it was so corny that it caught on yeah right but there were a lot of ones like that so when you brought up Madness last week Madness is one of those ones so I would incorporate so the Madness as part of my 10% that you would like and of course I had the Elton Johns I had the Beatles I had okay. the Rolling Stones you know I had, I had a lot, you know, Leonard Skinner, yeah. the Zeppelins, you know, I had all that. So that's where I'm thinking the 10%. Okay. But then again, you know, I, I, I had the Parliament and the Funkadelics and you know the brass construction, the yeah, B.T. brasses, lo- tons of Motown Cause, cause, stuff. Because
4: I, because I'm a big
3: Motown guy. So now we're up to maybe fifteen to twenty percent. I'm a big Motown, love yeah. Motown. See so there you go. So and like I said, you like Earth Wind and Fire, and the yeah. Commodores. Yeah, that I mean I didn't thing. necessarily
4: have their albums in that, but yeah, I mean I, yeah. I, I had a friend who had a jukebox, and I, I used to buy some of the forty fives that would bring in. Them, you know, it's like you know, the Tears of a Clown, Smokey and the Miracles. I mean, yeah, we. Uh, I I I helped him. Uh, you know.
3: Get a nice, eclectic mix in there. One of the first records that I ever got is one I think that, that you would definitely be part of your 20%. And that was a Dr. John. Here we go. Look at this. Remember this one? Right place, wrong time? Yeah, I remember it. Okay. It's going to be you a little bit, right?
4: I mean, it, it wasn't right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I had this particular record. You didn't have that I mean, one? I would yeah. hear When I would listen on the radio, I, you know, yeah. sometimes I'd listen, sometimes I wouldn't. It's know. funny because Dr. People... John, Dr. Hook, there was a lot of doctors back then.
3: There was, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with Dr. Johnny Fever, yeah. <laughs> this was the jam. This is it. Not even a jam. I mean, this was like, this was a bona fide rock song, and it crossed over into pop, and it wasn't until later years that... I realized that this is you know that Doctor John was really blues, and he was in Blues Brothers two thousand, by the way.
4: Well, and the interesting thing about music back then was a lot of it did mix over, and it yes. you know, I mean, you'd hear something on the R and B station and the funk yep. station, and then the rock station, mm-hmm. and the you know, then the light hits or whatever they called it, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that that crossed over an awful lot when people didn't look at color or just try to pigeonhole everything and put it in a box and say this is what this is, right? Show at one
3: time right here. Yeah. Been right Look at Numb Chucks got a little groove going a right too. Been wrong,
6: so.
3: One day, we just going to do right an all music show. We're gonna but do two hours. You'd be down for it. We should do a one day, a two hour, and we will mix our favorites yeah. and our genres together.
4: That sounds cool. You'd be down yeah. for and that. Instead right? of being Dougie Do Wop, we can be uh, T Sam Ballpark Do
3: Right. That's it. That's it. That's it. And we should do that before we get into the football season. I'm saying we do that one day in August. Are we down for that? And we were down for that. And we did the song fest. Uh, we've replayed it a couple times. We had a fantastic time with it. And where we got a chance to play some of our all-time favorite songs and introduce them along with all of our great guests. And who could forget that Ballpark Frank shocked us with one of his very own selections. So as we come to a close here... On this show today, let's go back and remember that Songfest episode where Ballpark Frank actually loved a very surprising song. And who picked this song? That would be me. Whoa! I actually am a TLC
4: fan. Not all their stuff, but the first time I heard this song, I thought this is incredible. I love the video. And I gotta admit, she's just the right kind of crazy for me. Left Eye was awesome. Here's Waterfalls by TLC.
3: appreciate everybody for joining us here today with our tribute to Ballpark Frank. A lot of thanks out there. Trevor Maddich, Ryan Wallace, Brian Blessing, Chris Wynn, Chris Chapman, Clayton Hamilton, Clay Baker, Armando Vasquez, Al Bernstein, Chuck Esposito, Stitch Duran, Brian Benowitz, all for giving us some thoughts and some time today. And all those guys, not just great friends of the show, but just great friends of of ballpark frank and we're going to let frank sign us off today
4: join us again tomorrow two to four right here tc martin show you can check out all the interviews the articles photographs all at tcmartinshow.com thanks for listening have a great night tc martin show check it out tcmartinshow.com